program, Austin Matthews. To the belly box, Nylander gets an extra shift. William Nylander shoots, he scores! The coach played a Hodgson, the kid has his first National Hockey League goal. What's going on, everyone? After a brief hiatus, we are back, returning from the uh, podcast grave, I guess you could say here. The Leafs podcast from Tip of the Tower is going to be here on a week-to-week basis now. Joining me, is, as always, is David Morissuti and Jake J-Dog Middleton. Guys, <laughs> what's going on here? Oh, I was waiting <laughs> to hear that J-Dog. <laughs> hey, he's our Jeff O'Neill, so J-Dog is only fitting. Him and O-Dog are very similar. <laughs> I'm good, guys. J-Dog, right. man. What's going on? Are you liking the new nickname or what? We don't have the new chairs that they got overdrive, but we yeah. got a new nickname free. Uh, at least I have a new chair, but I, I'm i okay. It could be better, but... It could be better. What's, what's going on here? Hey, I mean, friggin' Trouble in Jay's Land would, is is obviously not the, not the most fun thing to have when you're in the New York area, having them get swept by a Yankees team filled with 15-year-olds, apparently. <laughs> and I know you're upset the Jays didn't sign Tim Tebow. I know that's also really ravaging you this morning here. Yeah, that was uh, that was my happiest moment of the day thus far is watching them <laughs> uh, waste money on him. So, <laughs> and Dave, you're doing well. Or are you still in the same boat as Jake here? Where you're depressed about the Jays? I'm not depressed about the Jays, but I ain't uh, I ain't thrilled about it. But uh, you know, you can't complain too much. I mean, they're still in uh, in the playoff race which we would have taken the lot five years ago when the the team wasn't in this situation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole Tim Tebow thing, just to comment on that, I, it doesn't really matter. I don't think there was, there's not going to be much with Tim Tebow as a baseball player. He may turn out to be a decent player, but I'm not going to make too much of a fuss about it that Jake, maybe that Jake is since he's crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to comment on Tebow. It's just I, I don't think it's going to work out, period, with him. He's a good athlete, but he's not going to be a good ball player, in my opinion. He'll be just okay. He's there to, to fill minor league seats. But we are recording this on Thursday, September 8th, and that means the World Cup of Hockey is about to start. At least the preseason tournament is. Um, we got Team Canada. They're going to be playing on Friday against Team USA. We got Maple Leafs in the tournament. There's There's a lot to talk about in terms of previewing this World Cup of Hockey here, so I think we should just jump right into it. What do you guys think about the preseason schedule, at least what we've seen from Team Canada in terms of uh, lines, players on the roster? Any thoughts? I guess my uh, my surprise is who Crosby's playing with. I mean, from what they had in the first practice, which was Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, if I'm not wrong. Um, I'm a little surprised that those were the two players that were picked to play with Crosby, considering you got you know, Tavares, you got Stamkos, you have Duchesne. You got, I think, players that are probably a little bit more skilled that could be on that top line. The Bergeron pick is not bad. I think it kind of takes some of the defensive pressure off of Crosby, but I'm a little surprised about Marchand being on that top line. But this team is just, to- like, the depth of this team is insane. When you can have Crosby, Stamkos, Taves, uh, Burns, Doughty, whoever they have on that top power play unit is just going to it's gonna be a tough power play to stop. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I don't think you could disagree with that. I mean, you look at all the talent on Team Canada. They can literally deploy any five guys out there and have a number one power play. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Even considering some of the guys that were, you know, questionably left off the roster, like P.K. Subban 
Ben, I mean, among others, and having guys like like Joe Thornton, who I'm a fan of, but I guess not at this stage in his career on the team. I think it's still talented. They're still by far the most talented team, but defensively, yeah, you know what, I, I agree with that, but I, I think another team, too, if you're going to talk defensively that's got a really good unit, is actually Team USA. Their deep pairings are pretty damn good if you go take a look. I'm not saying it's better than Sweden, but I think people are kind of underestimating them a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the U.S. have, have actually been steadily getting better at, at producing more and more defensemen. Obviously, it's a big blow for them not to have guys like uh, like a um, Jacob Truba or a Shane Gossespierre, who's on Team North America. I mean, I think it hurts Canada, too, but you know they just still have a pretty good uh, back end there for... For, the, for what should be a, a very talented uh, U.S. team. Okay, let's talk about the Leafs playing in this tournament a little bit here. There's eight Maple Leafs all together. You got Morgan Riley, Milan McCulloch, Roman Polak, James Van Riemsdyk, Leo Komarov, Jonas Enroth, Austin Matthews, and we did have Frederick Anderson, but that's not happening anymore. And, of course, you got the man, Mike Babcock, coaching Team Canada. Is there any Leafs in this tournament, aside from Morgan Riley, that you really, really want to watch play? Oh come on! I I mean you're spoon feeding us this one. Obviously, obviously it's the number one overall pick, <laughs> the kid everyone wants to watch, playing his first first meaningful game in Toronto. I mean, they said everybody that I've been listening to has been saying the only reason he's picked is because it's in Toronto. If it was anywhere else, he wouldn't have made it. I don't think that's true. I think he would have made the team on merit alone anyway. But uh, I'm really excited to watch him play, and from what I'm hearing, he's 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 casually moving up the roster, and he should be on a, a top three line according to Coach Todd McClellan, which I'm really really excited about. So wait, what are you trying to tell me, Jake? Is you're not excited to see Roman Polak play at the World Cup of Hockey? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Even though I love watching him block shots on a on a penalty kill and <laughs> and get burned by by guys going around him. Uh, I am not looking forward to watching him. Not even Milan McCulloch? <laughs> no, Somebody's no, going to raise their trade value here. Yeah, and unless he scores five goals, I probably won't turn into uh, the, watching the checks. If he scores five goals, I think Lou Lamarillo will call every team in the league and try and <laughs> trade him. <laughs> yeah, you got to just wrap him up in bubble wrap and, and tape him and put him in a closet so he, he can't get hurt. <laughs> Okay, speaking of trade value, is there any player in this tournament that could really raise their value? I think we kind of said Milan McCulloch, but what about maybe a guy like JVR? I know he's been a hot name throughout rumors this summer in Leafsland. If he has a good tournament, does that maybe raise his value, or is it kind of set at what it is? I think. Yeah, I, I, oh. yeah no, go ahead, Jake. I think you you got this one with JVR. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone was pretty upset with how his season ended with his broken foot and having a setback when he was returning. Mysteriously, may I add. But, I mean, in the end, it worked out for the Leafs. They got the pick that they wanted, and I don't think JBRs was too upset about that. He's going to get a number number one center to play with for a couple years. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a pretty bad injury, foot injuries for, you know, big-time movement sports like hockey and basketball and football are really hard to come back from. And, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how how well he comes back from that injury. Obviously, he started incredibly hot for the Leafs last year, and I think if he played, they probably wouldn't have Austin Matthews right now. They probably would have played a, a couple points better than how they finished. But I mean, sometimes 
sometimes the world has funny ways of working out for you, but I'm glad to have him back. And obviously I would hate to see him go, but if you're getting a really good defenseman and in return for him, I think it's something you definitely have to explore. And for teams that are looking for, you know, power forwards, which are probably the hardest thing to find in the NHL nowadays, especially skilled ones, he's going to cost a lot. And I think a really big tournament would just add to his exorbitant prices what he's going to cost to get and trade. Dave, I think you uh, share the same sentiment there? Well, I, I think, yeah, I kind of share Great. the same thing with JVR. I mean, I would like for the Leafs to keep him around. I mean, just the type of player he has is always tough to find. But if I'm looking at a player that I'm a little questioning the future with, is it has to be Leo Komarov. And the reason why I say that is everyone loves Komarov. I'm one of those people who love the way he plays. But you look at the fact that his value has only gone up since the Leafs uh, signed him to this new deal. Uh, he's going to be a free agent after next season. So a lot of people were questioning whether the Leafs were going to move him this past, this past year to try to add some value considering he had a career year with Mike Babcock. But the reason why I think the tournament would be good for Komarov is because it can show that maybe he can play, maybe not play as much of a prong role as he did with the Leafs and still have something to give. And maybe that'll entice a team to maybe overpay for him. I mean, he did he did produce quite a bit offensively, but I think there's a chance that he could get moved because you got other guys like you know Nikita Shoshnikov, some other players that have a similar style. They'll come in cheaper, and you don't know how much longer you're gonna be able to keep Komarov for unless he's willing to not take three to four million dollars a year. I don't know if that's what maybe the Leafs will want to be paying him moving forward if they have to pay other guys. But I think Komarov's a guy that is another guy you should be watching for in terms of what his future is going to be like. I know they love him, but I would just keep your eye on any potential offers that can come in for him. I'd agree with that. Uncle Leo is a fan favorite, so it's always a soft spot for a lot of people here in Toronto. But I think he's somebody that they could trade for probably a second to fourth round pick. I feel like that might be a bit generous, but He's a player that come trade deadline, playoff teams, will they're going to want a guy like that. One guy I forgot to mention that is playing in this tournament too is uh, young Nikita Zatsev. He's playing for Team Russia. Mm-hmm. Any expectations for him, guys? Yeah, I actually have pretty high expectations for him, actually. I mean, he was obviously named the in the top, top two defensemen at the World Championships and where he looked really good. And obviously he's going to be really interesting to watch because outside of the World Championships, I have – really never seen him play in a live game setting outside of through highlights and among other things. So that's going to be fun to see how he, he plays on the North American ice and how he plays against the NHL players and elite talent that is out there. Cause obviously the world championships are, it's a nice tournament, but it's, it's not best on best and this is best on best. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays. And I expect him to play pretty well. I'm wondering if he can be Russia's number one defenseman at this tournament. I mean, it looks like he's going to get that opportunity. And I I think because, as Jake said, we haven't seen him play that much other than the World Championship, this could be a really good opportunity for Zaitsev to kind of show what he's worth and what all this hype was about when the Leafs signed him. So I, I, I think other than Riley, he's the other player that I'm most interested in watching because this Leafs defense has... We have no idea what they're going to be like this year 
You have no idea what the pairing is going to be like or which players are going to take the next step. So I'm, he's probably the second other than Matthews and, or maybe the third because Matthews and Riley are the players I'm going to be watching in this tournament in terms of Leaf players. I think that's fair with both those guys, especially because Babcock's going to have to, you know, shuffle the D a lot this year, more than likely with all these young kids. You don't know who's going to work well with who yet. Maybe Connor Carrick works better with, I don't know, let's say Morgan Riley, but there's, there's a lot of pieces that they still have to set in place there. Segwaying back into Team Canada, though, with Mike Babcock running the show there, um, these lines, people have made a lot about it. They've made a lot about how they're juggling around uh, Tavares. They've moved, or sorry, Stamkos. They've moved around Stamkos. Um, Giroux's even playing around a little bit, moving up on the wing and center. Joe Thornton's came out and said he loves playing with them, so maybe that'll stay together. Any thoughts on where they could place some of these guys? Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the lines yet. But is there anybody that you would juggle around? Uh, for me, Giroud is definitely one because he can play both the wing and center. Um, I prefer him to play the wing just because if you got a guy like Joe Thurn, I would prefer Joe Thurn playing center. Uh, another guy is Tyler Sagan because you know he did miss he did miss practice uh, with an illness, and I'm wondering if maybe he gets on that top line with Crosby. Uh, Tavares is another one just because. He he didn't get to play a lot in the Olympics because of his injury and Stamkos obviously too. So those are guys that you know that can move up and down the lineup and I'm hoping they get a chance to play with Crosby because they're probably some of the top talent in the league and they should be playing with the best player. And then like a Matt Duchesne who I've always liked because of what he brings to the game. So there's just way too there's just so many that you can look at. Um but I just like the fact that these guys can move up and down and they'll probably still produce wherever they are. Okay, j Dog. before you comment here, let me rephrase that because what I asked was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I'm going to go through the lines here and then you guys can tell me if you like them or not because the lines I have up now because what I asked you guys before was just like an albatross. Mm-hmm. Marshawn, Crosby, Bergeron. Thoughts on that line? I like it. Okay, Tavares gets Laf Sagan. These lines are as of yesterday, so. I don't like that. Really? How come? I don't like that it's three centers. I get that there's so many centers, but I don't know. It, it, there's so many centers. I, I guess that's just how Canada is. They all have all these top center icemen, but somebody who's just not a winger at all. Again, I just it doesn't make sense why they picked Thornton when they could have picked other guys, better wingers. Uh, it didn't make sense to me. But, again, I mean, I like guys playing with natural wingers. I thought Bergeron should be playing down and not on the wing. I like Marchand because he's got a really good shot, and he's a left-handed shot too, and he always plays on the opposite side, and he's he's got that really good one-timer as well. I like that pick. I always wanted him on the team, even though some people didn't. I was pretty upset that Jamie Benn had to pull out because of an injury. I think that's a pretty big blow. Because mm-hmm. uh, who, who went in his replacement? Wasn't it Logan Couture? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so... That's a that's a pretty big drop off, but yeah, I mean, I, they just love their abundance of centers. And the thing that it doesn't make sense to me is is the left right thing for for their forwards. I know they have it for their defense, but I mean, it's also pretty important when you're playing on offense to have guys on the. Usually, they play the off wing so they can get set up for shots. And I don't know they have a lot of righties too. We'll get to the whole left-right thing on D because there's obviously a player that pulled out that people have made a huge deal about. Mm-hmm. But Logan Couture, I know he's the last man in. 
Uh, there's been like a recent trend in the Olympics and mostly, you know, international play where the last man added to a roster has had a ton of success. Maybe Logan Couture could do the same thing. Babcock was saying him and Jonathan Tays look really good together so far in practice. I mean, this guy ripped it in the Stanley Cup Finals. He had one of the best playoffs we've ever seen. Could that yeah. carry over into this, you think? I was just about to say that, yeah, Couture had a really good playoffs. So he, he can definitely, with this recent surge maybe that he got added as like a last man, and you're right, Chris. I think there's always like a chip on your shoulder when you're added as a last man to kind of prove that, given that opportunity, you can kind of prove it. Um, it. It just depends on who he plays with. I think, yeah, that Taze line does make sense. I think Couture has – like, I like that he's versatile. He's played the wing. He's played center. So you're not limiting him because you are you have to play him on the wing. He's done it before. So I, I do like that Couture – Edition. I know he's not Jamie Ben, but I think he's a he's as good of a, a replacement as you can probably get, considering what you have available to you. And he's play. He hasn't played for Team Canada for a while. Maybe that'll give him a little bit of a added motivation to kind of show what he's worth. I think so too, especially just because you know playing with Taze that that can't be too difficult. You know, he does a lot of things well. And then oh yeah, by the way, the other side of that wing is Steven Stamkos. That makes up that line, so oh. I feel like that could be a really good line for Team Canada. Yeah, you can't go wrong. It's like it's the number one line if you know if you don't have Crosby. So um, there's not you can't really nitpick too much. This, this team is just loaded with depth. I know the whole too many center things could be a problem, but I mean we've had we've had these guys play like this at the Olympics, and it doesn't seem to bother them too much. Although they don't score as much as we like, they do play a pretty good all around game. Let's talk about the D for a second here, because a lot of the talk coming out of uh, Montreal was that, you know, it was more joking around that people were saying Team Canada is too slow to win this tournament. Um, obviously, the loss of Duncan Keith kind of screws up the handedness. I know people are making a huge deal of that, saying it's a bigger loss than they think. Do you guys agree with anything about, you know, making this into a big deal, Duncan Keith's absence? Or do you feel like Canada's just so loaded that they're just going to move forward? I mean, it's a huge drop-off between Duncan Keith and Jay Bomister. I don't think Jay Bomister's got it anymore. I think he's considerably considerably slowed down since the Olympics last. And, well, I mean, they've said Jay like, Bomister's the seventh man, though, right? Like They've said that he's only going to play in emergency. That means he's playing because they played seven defensemen in the Olympics, didn't they? The only times yeah. they didn't were... I think I think the gold medal game and and against the U.S. is when PK Subban didn't play. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I mean, you have an abundance of D-man. I mean, the thing that that is weird about this setup is that they just have all teammates, right? Like the whole defense is teammates. It's Muzzin and and Doughty. It's Petrangelo and and uh, Bomister. It's it's Muzzin. Oh, I said Muzzin and Doughty. Burns and Vlasic, and then just Shea Weber by himself. I mean. I, I don't know. I thought they could have made some some better defensive picks, but, but yeah, it's not the end of the world. Well, who would you add in? Would you add like a PK Subban? I, I don't know how Chris Letang isn't on this team. I mean, he was incredible in the playoffs, and he's probably probably one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL. Not named Eric Carlson. I mean, that didn't make any sense to me. But uh, he's setting his ways with his left right thing, and I mean, I can't blame him because he's won two gold medals with it. So yeah. Yeah. I think, too, um, man, with Chris Letang, I know he can be, like, defensively irresponsible at times, but if you got a guy like Brent Burns there who can, you know, pinch in as well, maybe they viewed that as the reason why they don't need Letang. 
They already have a guy that plays with so much style. Oh, and, and Drew Doughty? And Drew Doughty? No. <laughs> but Drew Doughty's like all around responsible. I feel like Brent Burns is a, a guy that. Oh, you know, Brent Burns. Yeah, he's more offensively inclined at times. And I'm not just saying that because of his gaudy point totals. Anybody who watches him plays knows that he has a propensity to jump into things. Um, he's not afraid to go on odd man rushes. He, he's just he plays like a Ford sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm, I know you said Carlson. I mean, sorry, not Carlson. Latang was a guy you wish was on the team, which I agree. He was really good for Pittsburgh. I'm kind of wondering why Mark Giordano didn't get put on the team, considering or TJ Brody. Like those guys, they may not be the most. Uh, fl- they may not be flashy like a Latang or Subban, but they're a really good defenseman, and they can provide some offense for you. I think and TJ Brody's a lefty. They're saying yep. isn't Jordan don't like the lefty things. Yeah, Jordan's Giordano, a lefty too. So like that that I didn't understand. Now I don't think uh, it was all Badcock's uh, decision to have Bumisu there. I think GM Doug Armstrong also put him there just because he's from St. Louis. And that's, that's, the thing that, that's the thing that pisses me off is when these guys just put players on a team because they they feel like they have to. It's like mm-hmm. who cares. It, it, I mean, it was the thing with Stevie Y, and I think that's why he stopped being he stopped running Team Canada is because yeah. of that that St. Louis thing. I mean, that thing was such BS. Yeah, he was a good player, yeah, but he he was so upset that he didn't get picked. It's like, dude, you didn't get picked for one of the hardest teams to make in in the, the in all of sports. Yeah, that or Brazil soccer or Germany soccer or or USA basketball. It's like it don't feel too bad. Yeah, yeah. like, in a best-on-best best competition, I know Bo Meester is kind of the conservative pick, but I just feel like a guy like Latang, Giordano, Subban, yeah, or Brody, these guys are dynamic players that can add an element that you just, when you have that it factor and all that talent, you just, you can't teach that. So why not add that in there and just create that element that you can't really prepare for? No, I do agree. And, you know, you're not going to see many of these guys around anymore. I mean, Bo Meester's getting up there in age, so... Eventually, these guys like Subban, uh, Giordano, Latang, they're going to get their due to get on this Team Canada roster, whether it's the Olympics or if they continue with this World Cup of Hockey, depending on how it goes this time around. You think this World Cup of Hockey thing is here to stay? Like it'll eventually replace the Olympics or no? I, I think the NHL wants it to replace the, the Olympics. I don't think the players want that. I think there's something about playing for your team at the Olympics that these players love, but the NHL does not – I don't think they like the fact that they have to stop their season midway for the Olympics and then guys get hurt. Like, you know, Tavares, when he got injured at Sochi, that he was out for the rest of the year and the Islanders were basically lost without him. So I, I think there's a there's an argument for and against the players going to the Olympics. I'm People are seeing this World Cup of Hockey as a cash grab. I think it's just – let's see how it goes. Players seem to really want to play, especially the Team North America guys and Canada. I mean, you got Mike Babcock. He's going to make those players play to their best. So I, I, I understand this, the skepticism, but I think it's too early to say whether well, it's going to place the Olympics until we've actually seen how the fans react with and how the TV numbers are. Yeah, I mean, I think the TV numbers and the amount of money they make is what's going to determine if they keep this around or not. I think that'll be the key here. I think I think for the Olympics, it's it's such a shame that the IOC is is such a such a bunch of clowns. I mean, they're so garbage. The, the reason they don't the NHL doesn't want to play in it because they refuse to pay insurance. I mean, it's ridiculous. They make billions of dollars while bankrupting countries 
and they refuse to pay just really small insurance premiums to protect star athletes. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. They're, I think they're clueless, the people in charge. They're like FIFA. So I don't blame you know, the commissioner of the NHL and all the GMs and owners. I mean, if you're an owner and you got a star player, you're paying $10 million a year and he tears his ACL and is out a year, you still have to pay that because it's not insured because he wasn't hurt playing in the NHL. So, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed too if that happened. So, obviously, if they can't bridge that gap, which I don't think they can because, as I said, the IOC is a bunch of clowns, I I see it replacing the Olympics, and it's unfortunate because guys obviously want to go out and, and do the Olympic ceremony and represent their country and bring home a gold medal, but just the finances of it, this league is, is too big money-wise, and you know you can't have players getting hurt and not having their insurance covered and stuff like that. That's that's the big fear. Look at look at the Olympics. You know you had Andrew Wiggins didn't want to play because his his insurance wasn't covered. So it's not just affecting the NHL; it's affecting other sports. And it's it's sad to see that you know it's the Olympics are going to be ruined because the IOC is clueless and they're just greedy bastards. Okay. On a better note here. I feel like I have to ask this before we get into rapid fire. Is is this not Connor McDavid's tournament to take over? Is this not where he can finally, you know, entrench himself as the next guy in hockey? Yes. I think this whole I've... this whole young team, Team North America, that's like their goal. Because you're seeing in the NHL now, these younger players are the forefront of every NHL team. Uh, of course, you got your Crosby, your Stankos, your Taves. But these younger players are going to try to prove that it's their game now. So, and I, I think Jake was going to get to that where Connor McDavid can prove to be the best player in the world at this tournament, especially when they go up against Team Canada. Austin Matthews is probably going to want to prove that he's ready for the NHL. Jack Eichel, not many are talking about him, but he's probably going to want to make a statement to say that he was deserving of a top two pick with McDavid. There's just a lot of things for these young players to prove, and I think McDavid will be the leader of that. I wouldn't be surprised if he was named the captain, although they may want to go with someone older, but that's this is definitely their tournament to prove. These older guys really don't have that much to prove, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty excited to watch Connor, man. I think he's going to rip it up. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's really big for him, especially in the United States. I mean, you got media giants, ESPN, finally – paying up the big bucks and getting some NHL rights. So the game's going to be on and on ESPN now, which is really exciting for, I think, a lot of American hockey fans. And I think it's just been nice having them actually talk about hockey. It is, is fun. So that's going to be big. And, I mean, it's just a shame that a, a generational talent like McDavid has to play in a in a city that's just so – so, just it's terrible for him i mean the guys if you were playing in a city like new york or not even toronto like new york or la or, or a really big market he'd be the face of the of the nhl and i i don't think a lot of american fans who are fair weather fans really know much about him because he plays in edmonton and they're really never on national television and I mean, in my opinion, I think this kid is already one of the top five players in the NHL. And this is this should be his coming out party to see it to show people how talented he is. Because 
I mean, his rookie year was fantastic. And obviously in Canada, he's known everywhere. And he's been like that since he was 14 years old. But outside of a couple 60 minutes and stuff like that, there hasn't really been consistent coverage on him. And for the first time, he will get that coverage, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to follow up with anything there. I just... I agree all around. McDavid, this is this is it for him. This is going to be the, the start of where we finally start to see Connor McDavid take over the NHL. Mm-hmm. Let's play some rapid fire here because uh, I want to ask you guys a bunch of questions. Dave, you're going to answer them first. So all we'll right. go. I'll ask the question. Dave will answer. J-Dog, you're going to wait just because I feel like, you know, that'll get you more riled up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to start right here with uh, more points for Team North America. Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel? Austin Matthews. And the reason is because I think he they could be playing him with Nathan McKinnon, and McKinnon and him will probably put up some good points. He put up, if I'm not wrong, he put up nine points in ten games at the World Championships. So I, I think he will get some power play time. I think he'll kind of come under the radar, be that secondary scoring behind McDavid. Eichel, I, I, I don't know, I think Matthews is the better player. People were saying that when he got drafted, so I'm going to go with uh, Matthews. J-Dog? Um, as much as I would love to agree with Dave, it's I think it's got to be Jack Eichel. I mean, a year older, by not a lot, but still played in the NHL for a year. And I think he's just going to have a little bit of an advantage because he played in the NHL last year. And again, uh, to go off what Dave was saying, Matthews actually recently got moved up to the third line with our favorite Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Nathan McKinnon. So that should be a fun line. And... And even Todd McClellan compared him to Connor McDavid, so that should be fun. But I think just based on on who Jack Eichel's going to play with, he's probably going to get some first power play time with McDavid. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, I think he might get five points. I think Matthews might get like three. Yeah, realistically, I think it's going to be Eichel, but call me Leafs bias here. I'm taking Matthews. Better line, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Kucherov. Or Tavares gets laughed Sagan, or you could take the field here. But I think that Ovechkin Kuznetsov Kucherov line is the best in the tournament. Oh, that that is a tough one. Uh, I mean, Ovechkin is just so dynamic. Um, Kucherov has really been a he. He's been part of the savior in Tampa, especially when Stamkos missed a lot of time last year. I probably will give it to them, but it's just really tough to go against. You know, Sagan was really good last year. Um, Getzlav, I'm not as set on him. He's his play has kind of declined, so that's kind of why I'm not unanimously going for the Team Canada line. So I would give it to Ovechkin. I mean, we have Alexander Ovechkin. He's probably going to put up some good points at this tournament. J-Dog? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best line. The Russian lines is the best one. They got the best goal scorer in the NHL. They got another top top five scorer in the league in Kucherov, who just lit up the playoffs last year. And Kuznetsov playing with Ovechkin, they got the the chemistry going. That should be a fun line to watch. I mean, I think the Russians as a whole are going to be fun to watch with all the skill that they have. But yeah, I think that's that's going to be better. That's going to be more productive than than the Sagan line. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that Russian line, and the only guy I would like to see maybe get inserted on that line instead of Kucherov is a uh, personal favorite of mine, Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, that guy's Tarasenko. unreal. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Ovechkin Kuznetsov Tarasenko at some point. But I think that'd just That's be too loaded, line. though. They want to. They would probably want to spread it out. But yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just talking from a bias here, man. <laughs> I really would love to see that. 
Oh, the power play will probably have Ovechkin and Tarasenko, and that will just be deadly. So, I, Okay. So this is a player they said, Tom McClellan said, has gotten faster, if you believe it or not. Obviously, I'm talking about Connor McDavid. More points in the tournament, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid? Uh, Connor McDavid, just because he, he creates so much on his own. It, I mean, he's going to have good players to play with on his line. But, um, I mean, he probably would have been the scoring leader last year, I think, if he didn't get injured. Uh, Crosby, in these Olympics, he tends to kind of have this... Last year we saw in the Olympics, he didn't have an overwhelming like points total, but he, he does what he has to do. So Crosby tends to play more of a responsible game, two-way game now. He tries to contribute in other ways. I think McDavid is going to just be a beast offensively, so I'm going to go with McDavid. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be McDavid. I mean, the guy is, is super uber talented, and and he's got those young legs. I mean, Crosby did play in a Stanley Cup, so he had a lot of games under his belt. And I think he's, I think McDavid's just going to play a lot more. Uh, I think they, they might ride him the whole time, and he's obviously going to play first power play, so is Crosby. But, I mean, he's going to be the engine for this team, North American team. And they also play in a relatively relatively uh, hard bracket, which might be a bad thing for him. So I might change my mind now thinking about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the plan and, and go with uh, McDavid. I think, I think getting the opportunity to show the entire world how really talented he is will, will really push him to be the star of this tournament. It all depends on how much Crosby's going to want to take it upon himself to score too and, and maybe not pass it off as much. That's the other factor too, but... I still think McDavid can produce more on his own. Oh, yeah, for sure. Will Team North America win a game? Obviously, Jake alluded to it earlier. Uh, they play Finland, Russia, and Sweden. Three tough games. Yeah, will they win that a game? is tough. That, that is, is tough. really tough. I, I actually think they will win a game. I don't hey, hold know. Hold on, who... J-Dog here. Hold on, hold on. I think you're out of turn there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel like noodles Got to reel you right back now. in. This guy I got out of the cage like again. noodles. <laughs> Um, okay, I I will say they I say they win two games. I think if their goaltender can steal them a win against Sweden, I think they can beat Sweden and Finland. Those are the I don't think they can beat Russia. If I mean Russia, depending on how their defense and goaltending plays, um, I I think they can get two wins. They could be they could upset. I think the upset would be against Sweden. Finland is talented, but wow. I think. I think Team North America could surprise and again and win two of the three games there. Sweden, you think they could beat Sweden? I think yeah, they could I'm surprised beat Sweden. too. I, yeah, I, what? The reason why is because I've never been sold on Sweden's offense. They do have good players. The only thing that Sweden has, I think, one of them is their defense and goaltending. And I, I don't know. I, I'm more in line with maybe these young players are going to come out firing. Uh, I mean, Matt Murray in goal could steal them games. You saw him do that in the playoffs. I think he could steal them games. And if not him, John Gibson can do it too. Have you seen the, the Sweden defense? Oh, I've seen the Sweden defense. Have you seen Russia's defense? I've seen Russia's defense. That's why I think maybe Russia might win it because they've got the more more balance. I think Russia has better offense and they have more experience there. That's why I think. They're not going to snob anybody. Yeah, but who's their goal? Who's Russia's goalie this year? I'm not even Bobrovsky. Is it, I think is it Bobrovsky? You mean yeah. 
So you think maybe they beat Russia in, instead of Sweden? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. So you're telling me, so they the over the boards here here at Team North America, they're sending Brandon Sod, you know, uh, get Connor McDavid over the line. Who's coming down to shut him down? Andre Markov. So get out of here. He uh, is horrible. I think I can skate around him. Question. He's gonna get destroyed. Uh, uh, what will happen to Rapid Fire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jake, Jake didn't yeah. like. Didn't they like will him. beat Russia. I think they beat Russia five four. Five four. We even got a prediction. Oh, this is awesome. Five four. But Jake, mm-hmm. you still didn't say. Does North America win a game? I know you wanted to jump the gun I earlier. They win a game. They win a you game. think they win a game? Okay. Uh, I got here. I got three more questions for you guys. Then we can argue about Russia, Sweden, and Team North America. The amount of times Jake complains about Connor McDavid playing for the Edmonton Oilers during this tournament, I got the line at four and a half complaints. Over oh. under. Four and a half. Add, add a zero to that four. <laughs> I, um, I had another zero. I think he's going to complain about it every time he's on the ice. So I'm going to pick the over. And I think, I, well, our our WhatsApp chat is going to be loaded with McDavid uh, complaints. So, yeah, I'm going to give the over on that one. We'll see I'm, as early as today. I'm taking the under because he's cognizant of it now. So he's going to try not to complain about <laughs> oh, come it. come on. So I'm taking the he under because he's, he's going to want to win. He is going to be on it now that you've said it. Now he'll get to four and he'll stop and be like, hey, that four and a half line, watch this. And he'll keep it quiet the whole attorney. <laughs> and then when it's over, he'll immediately just flood the chat. But how much will he say to himself just to keep himself from going nuts? That's the Every other morning question. he wakes up. Either that or my, my dad will remind me. <laughs> or, or he'll come at me with these mythical traits and he'll see if the Edmonton would be dumb enough to accept. <laughs> okay, two more here. Who will finish the tournament as Team Canada's goalie? Carey Price or Braden Holpe? Carey Price. Only, but if he shows any sign of maybe some reoccurring problems with his knee, I can see Holpe coming in. But Carey Price, either he's playing a whole game on, I think, on Friday. And then Holpe and uh, Crawford are splitting another game. That just shows that Babcock is going to give Price as much leeway as he needs. He was really good at the Olympics. I think it's going to be Carey Price. Carey Price, he's fine. Uh, I don't know why people are – he's had so much time off. And even himself, he himself is like, all right, people, I'm okay. Just I want to play a game so you can all shut up. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's Carey Price, too. I think he's fine all around. And the last and final question, it's an obvious one. Does Team Canada win gold? Yes, they do. Um, I think it'll be a little bit harder this time around. I think the Olympics, it was kind of a breeze for them because they played a really all-around shut-down defensive game. Um, But I think they'll win it. I don't think it'll be easy this time around. I think other teams have uh, gone a little bit better with their depth. so I, I'm I'm gonna say Canada, but it's not gonna be easy for them. Ah, that's tough. That's actually really tough. I I did learn that it's a three game final. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's, it's a the series. best of three. Yeah. Because of that, I think they'll win. If it was a one game thing, I didn't think they were. I think there's a chance they could get beaten in a if it's one game. But if it's three, I don't see any chance they lose. I think they play Sweden in the gold and they win two one. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just I don't think they're going to play Sweden in the gold. I think they're going to play Russia. I think Russia's going to want to put an emphasis on at least making the finals of this tournament. And they've been trying to rejuvenate the red, you know, the, their big red Russian machine and all that stuff over there. 
the KHL's in shambles. This is a chance for them to kind of restore some hockey glory in Russia, and I think they're going to put an emphasis to their players that they need to like they need to perform. So Russian kids, man, the KHL's <laughs> a joke. They're, they're losing money hand over fist. They just got a team in China thinking they're going to expand and stuff. Like, get real, guys. <laughs> and then starting a rumor about how Austin Matthews is going to sign in China. Like, oh my god! Who said that? Ah, oh, just Google it. You'll see it. It was going around in the summer. Obviously, it was during the month of August, so, you know, it was slow. Got to get clicks somehow. Totally understand that part, but at the same time, Austin Matthews to China. Let's let's get real here, guys. Yeah, he wants the NHL. He's going to the NHL. And plus, the KHL yeah. is not the most glamorous league in the world to play in, from what we've heard from Noodles on, on the overdrive. So, It's a joke, man. You fly from, like, let's say you fly from, like, San Francisco to, like, Iceland to play a game. That's how far the two teams are at some points. I don't, I don't get what they're trying to do. One of them is in China. It's a freaking, it's like a six day car drive. It's like yeah. a, it's like a twelve hour plane ride. Yeah. You what know if, how big what if Russia the, is? What if a it's team huge. doesn't have a plane to get those players there? If <laughs> they have to take a bus, oh my god. And also, they uh, the the paychecks haven't been checked going through or yeah. whatever. They're just casually bouncing a check. Yeah. There, now you know? tra- no you're, game checks. You're seeing players coming back from the KHL to the NHL. I mean, Radulov was one of them. Uh, Zaitsev. I don't think I, I don't think it was money with him, but I think part of the I reason think he just wanted to too. come back. Well, I mean, CSKA CSKA has a lot of money. Yeah, that is. True. That's the problem. Is like there's two or three teams that have a lot of money, and the rest of them are just kind of you know, hey, we're here. Yeah, that's it. Anything else World Cup? Because I feel like we can both go on a little bit of a tangent here about the KHL. <laughs> um, I think we covered it all. No, you know the only reason why I said Team North America beat Sweden is as we were saying, it's a one game, and you never know what's going to happen in one game. A goalie could have a bad, bad night, and I think Team North America will be a surprise factor. I know Jake wasn't too happy with uh, with my prediction there, but I just think with a one game, you never know what's going to happen. I think Team North America could be a really surprising team. I don't know if Jake agrees with that, but that's that was my reasoning for it. If just to clear that up, if people didn't, we're a little flabbergasted with my statement there. Well, the king is still between the pipes, right, Henrik Lundqvist? He is. Yeah, he's still there. He, he is. So. But you saw what happened to him in the playoffs. I mean, although it was the Rangers, and that was just a yeah. god awful team. But you know, he is. He did get. He did get injured in practice. So you don't know if he's going to be one hundred percent. I know they were saying he's fine, but. Um, and a rib injury could be pretty bad to him, especially in goal. So, there's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, no, I don't see any way how how Sweden doesn't face Canada in the final. I mean, there's just look at the defense. Oh, Russia. I, I no, not even that. <laughs> if Russia had some actual defensemen, I don't know how they can't develop them. I, I seriously have no clue how you put Andre Markov on the team. But not even someone like Ivan Provorov, who's probably one of the top prospects in all of hockey on the team. I mean, yep. not it's only weird in Russia, man, how they only develop forwards. Uh, I know they've gone a little it's... bit better with defensemen, but they're all coming here to get developed. They're not developing over in Russia. Like I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of the last the last great Russian defenseman, probably Sergei Zubov. <laughs> wow, that's that's, yeah, that's try- or Gonchar. Gonchar was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. You got to really think about it, though, and that's a problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of they got a lot of faith in in these guys coming back, even though it's a regime that hasn't worked. Too much loyalty in these things. Way too much loyalty. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to relive the glory days, right? So that's what they really want. What glory days? But yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Shots are fired. On that note, we're gonna get out of here before the Russian mob comes to get us. We'll be here next week talking about the least prospects. We're going to talk about Prospects Camp, uh, the rookie tournament that's about to go on. That'll be fun, guys. I know, Jake, that's like a favorite thing of yours, talking about prospects. So we'll be back next Friday to talk about all that. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tip of the Tower. You can find the show on iTunes and SoundCloud, also at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to myself, you can reach me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can reach David at D underscore Morisuti. You can reach Jake J Dog Middleton at Jake Middleton12 on Twitter. Leave us a review, guys. Let us know what you think of the show. We'll see you next Friday. Take care. Sweden, William Nylander. Tonight's Mitch Barner.